What's up, fellow car enthusiasts? Welcome to an episode of Behind the Boost presented by MA Performance. I'm your host, Charlie Main, and today we plan to bring you some of the behind the scenes of the automotive world. In today's episode of the Behind the Boost podcast, I'm joined by Ben Lin, the tall Ben from Gears and Gasoline. We talk about his Evo 9, some of their experiences on their road trips, how they got started on YouTube, and more. Ben, what's happening? How are you doing? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. This is so fun. Yeah, no, it should be pretty cool. <laughs> How's everything over by where you guys are with everything going on right now? It's pretty good. Um, we're in Virginia. That's where we work out of. So right now we're officially on a state lockdown, but it's things aren't too crazy here or anything like that. We don't have like a ton of, you know, cases. Like I think in my town we've got we've had like 60 some confirmed cases or something like that. So it's not like a nightmare, but yeah. 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 I mean, I, so I live in a town of maybe 3,000 people. So if there okay. were 60 cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my graduating class. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's all relative, but no, that's good. I mean, at least you guys are able to do your thing for the most part and stay healthy yeah. and all of that. Yeah. What about like getting normal essential items? Has that been okay? I mean, it, I, I think pretty much everywhere just sucks to go to the grocery store. Like nobody wants to go. Right. But, uh, yeah, like, right. you know, uh, obviously I'm not like I'm surviving. Like we're all doing okay. Yeah. I think. Um, and yeah. luckily like we, we had already filmed a bunch of stuff like uh, the Evo series and Ben Civic series, we had already filmed um, all of that stuff like in January or in February. So it wasn't like, oh, everybody has to stay at home. You can't like no events. So now like I'm screwed and I have no content to produce. I, I already had stuff filmed so I could just edit it and we could start releasing it, you know, week by week. So, yeah, so now you're just kind of catching up on like the backlog of footage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing that I think got tough to really get around here was like toilet paper, but mm -hmm. I figured out, so funny story, I uh, I followed some guy around the store because I knew you could only buy one case and I saw him with two. So I literally had to follow him around the store and buy like a thing of beef jerky in the checkout just so I could wait for the register lady to be like, you can't buy two. And I'd be like, I, I got it. <laughs> but I'm coming through for the family. I'm doing what I got to do. You know what I mean? This is the uh, uh, this is the 21st century hunter gatherer uh, role that you've uh, taken up, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. The, uh, this is natural selection at its finest, right here. Yeah, yeah. This you're this is the new age equivalent of hunting dinosaurs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I guess Ben, I mean, for everybody who doesn't know, you are you know one of two of the guys who's on Gears and Gasoline, one of the Bens, the tall one. For those again who are wondering. I guess if you wanted to get into it, I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit how you guys got started on YouTube? I know a lot of people, they want to start a YouTube channel, don't know where to begin or don't think that they're, we were actually talking about this earlier, how a lot of people don't feel like they're necessarily the character or they have that persona yeah. to be on YouTube or that they're not interesting enough or whatever. So, I mean, how did you guys get into it? I mean, you're a really relatable guy oh, thanks. before we jumped in, but you know, it's just interesting to hear how you got into it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm like relatively young. I'm 20, I'm going to be 26 this year, but okay. back in like 2014 or so I was in college and Ben is a couple years older than me. So he had graduated, but we were 
uh, we just like met through friends, through car stuff. Like I helped him at the time, his car that he was working on all the time was a 1998 Ford Escort ZX2, which is just like, it's, it was like a sporty economy car that Ford made in like the nineties, not yeah. like a good, not like a fast car or anything. Right. Like, it's not like a WRX where it's like sporty and then you can do a bunch of other stuff to it. It's right. it, like at no point did anyone ever expect anyone to do anything to it, but he right. had like he turboed it and all this other stuff. Wow. It used to be his mom's car. So I would just help him do stuff like that. I had a 350Z or a Mazda Speed 6 at the time. So we would do stuff on my car. And then we just decided to start filming it. I was a video major at the university I was going to, and I needed to film like a, a documentary project. I filmed a documentary about him and his car. That was like the first project that we did together. We had a lot of fun doing it and it did well in my class. I had to like show it in front of the class and everybody liked it. So we were like, maybe we're good at this. And, you know, it's it's fun making car videos. So then we just started doing kind of like on the side. You know, we both had jobs, but we on the side would just like make videos. And we started the channel and it was super tiny. Um, but then like over time, we just started like spending more and more of our time doing it. And it's it kind of got to be like a problem with like both of our real jobs because it was right. like, well, you know, this weekend I'm going to be at a car show for like three days or something like that. So I, you know, like whatever, like I have to take off work or whatever. So right. then I think in 2016, we both quit our jobs within like a month of each other. And we, uh, we just went full time, like had the whole LLC thing and stuff, a uh, partnership and whatnot. Um, and just started trying to make money off of it that way. And Was it that's, like, were you guys making good, like ad revenue and things like that at that point or I'm, we were making ad revenue. I call it like good. Um, yeah. And really when it's a partnership, it's never, it's always half as good as it would be if you were doing it by yourself. Right. So right. a lot of other YouTubers, you know, uh, maybe don't have to split it so that that's always kind of like handicapped us a little bit but once we were able to like in 2017 we started filming official coverage for grid life um which is like a time attack series so once we started uh, you know like we work with you guys we work with like advanced auto and once we started being able to get like actual like written paychecks in addition to you you know google adsense throwing us however much per month sure. then it, it started to become more of like a feasible thing so that's just what we've been doing and just trying to stack it up each year and make it more and more of a real business every year so right it's it's funny because you actually talk to some people where it's like the youtube channel started a kind of like they started youtube with the intentions of starting a youtube channel but it turned into like growing a cinematography business where like they made a lot of money using their camera gear and things like that. And so yeah. it's more or less like I've met some people where their YouTube channel is able to help them showcase their work. And so it works yeah. as more of an online portfolio. And I mean, I'm imagining that because you guys also touch on the fact that you are creative individuals when it comes to the camera and, and things like that. Do you guys get a lot of people reaching out to you about filming other stuff like the grid life situation? Yeah, for sure. That for the past couple of years that had been like a big part of what we were doing, just getting like freelance work and stuff like that. And just exactly like you said, YouTube was like, on the one hand, we could be like, hey, like, look at these are the videos that we've made, like, this is the quality that we can produce. But then also we we can tell people like, you know, hey, we get you know, we have almost 700,000 subs, or, you know, your video will get a certain number of views for sure. You know, a certain number of people will see what you want them to see. Um, and then potentially even more than that. So we definitely use it that way. This this year, especially last year and this year, even more so, we've been trying to focus more on building YouTube and like just working with the 
the clients that we already, the clients and the partners that we already have, um, and just making more content for the people that watch us on YouTube for us and our projects rather than doing more freelance stuff. So that's been kind of like a fun way to redirect. And also it's probably a good, a good thing that we started trying to focus on that this year, because, uh, if we were trying to please a bunch of clients and, and, uh, sponsors, uh, it would be hard to do so this year, especially when you can't go out and events are getting canceled and whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, we had some situations where, you know, we were involved in some other events that did get canceled. And it's always kind of just like a weird situation when that happens, especially when it's obviously 100% out of everyone's control. It's just what you do. Uh, I think it's good for us to address here because I have seen a few questions come in. Uh, currently, with everything going on, we have in our manufacturing, just so everybody knows, uh, we have... Uh, split shifts and things like that that are happening. We're running split shifts to avoid like as few people in this building as possible at one time so everybody stays safe and we can actually continue to deliver parts and things like that. So if, again, some things are experiencing delays, you know, if you have a, a MA Performance J pipe with half the people in the building, obviously, um, you know, sometimes shipping times are delayed, but we are operating, we are getting parts out and we're as up to speed as we physically and mentally can be. So, but it looks like, looks like we got one of your guys fans in here uh, from the Gears and Gasoline fam. Uh, he said he loves the adventures that you guys go on. Um, hopefully you guys travel back to Cali. And then he had a question about map. Uh, just so you know, yes, we are working on some Evo 10 stuff in R and D, but then uh, are you guys, have any plans for traveling that are on the books right now or yeah we actually do so we've been like uh focusing really hard on planning the logistics for an upcoming road trip uh that's going to happen this month um so yeah it's it's gonna be pretty interesting obviously we're not trying to like interact with like a ton of establishments or people or anything like that like as we go so there'll probably be a lot of like camping so that's gonna be a new (laughs) a new uh kind of experience for us just like camping across the country but we are going to go back to not necessarily cali but uh at least the west coast like uh pacific northwest and stuff like that uh just really really beautiful so yeah yeah i had one of my one of my good buddies um that i've also met through cars and things like that he he when i told him that we had arranged this for today, yeah. he, he hadn't watched your guys' channel. And so he went and checked it out. And later the next day, he hit me up and he's like, dude, the road trip thing, that's such cool content. He's like, <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily think it'd be as cool because it's like two guys driving around, but it's yeah. super cool. Oh, it's thanks. Cool. He And he was super into it. So <laughs> I wanted to let you know that apparently people love the road trip content. I mean, I yeah, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge driver for subscribers and stuff like that. Like every time we release a road trip series, we get, you know, like a hundred thousand subscribers or something like that, like something, which is big for us. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, I don't know, they're fun to make and they're fun to fun to produce and people seem to like them. So we'll keep making them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's really cool too, because obviously you guys are friends. So it's like, for me watching it, it's like, I can relate to it because it's like, as if me and one of my good buddies took a road trip and I'm just riding passenger with you guys or riding (laughs) in one of the cars. And it's super cool because you get to see you guys experience the different like trials and tribulations that come along with a road trip, especially in modified vehicles. Like none of that. Yeah. I can't remember which of the cars, but like it didn't have cruise control. Was it the Evo? 
Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the first trip I took the Evo, like no Evo was up until the 10 half cruise control. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that didn't have cruise control. And then on the second trip, I took a Mazda Miata, and that also wasn't equipped with cruise control. So that was, uh, I mean, yeah. like it's, you know, like I've gotten used to it, and it sounds petty to, you know, like complain about, you know, not having yeah. cruise control. But over the course of like, I think we drove for, on the first trip, I drove the Evo for 23 hours straight. Yeah. Uh, like without sleeping and that sucks when you don't have cruise control yeah. so. you start zoning out and realizing that you're maybe doing like 90 or maybe you're doing 40 yeah 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 it's really the problem is you go so much slower right like you're like i need to stay going this speed so that i don't just like take forever to get where i'm going yeah um, but yeah yeah i'd actually be interested to hear uh what where people or like what people want to see us do on road trips yeah um, any suggestions for what they should do or even where you maybe think they should go yeah, 100%. Um, in the comments down below because we're always we're, we're listening, we're watching, we're checking your guys' comments. We did get some other uh, some other feedback here. Um, looks like another one of your guys' fans. Hey Ben, hella loved your video and cinematography on the Florida to Alaska video. That's the one where you drove 22 hours. Did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 23. I was so close to a day, but <laughs> just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, well, we just got where we were going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no sense in driving extra just for the just for yeah. the But uh his question is what did you think about Minnesota when you guys were here? Oh, I love it. Minnesota's super cool. Um I've been there, we were there the first time on the Florida to Alaska trip. That was before you worked at MAP. Yep. But so so you, if you saw like you saw the series when we actually got to uh almost Alaska, it was like way 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 north British Columbia. Ben and I, like, there's nobody up there. There, You see zero cars. So Ben and I were like, let's have a drag race because there was, like, a long stretch of road. So he's in his Forester and I'm in my Evo. And uh, the Evo has had a stock clutch at that point. It probably had, like, 100,000 miles or 110,000 miles on it. And I, okay. as far as I know, it was the original clutch. So we go from a dig, and uh, the clutch just cannot hold the power. So, like, I slip the clutch rather than dumping it. Um, to try and be like gentle on the drivetrain, and it just kept slipping and slipping and slipping, and then I shifted, mm -hmm. and it's just slipping, slipping, slipping. So I just roasted the clutch. Yeah. So I had I had to limp it back down, uh, all the way down to Minnesota because RS Motors, uh, who were like crazy Evo guys, they built my car in the um, series that you sponsored, um, just this past couple of months. Yeah. Um, they. So I got a clutch from Advance Auto, who is the sponsor of that trip, and then I actually got a ACT. Can't remember what the thing is. It's like a little like a clutch retainer clip um, from okay. you guys actually. So I went I went to MAP back in like 2018, um, sure. but they uh, yeah they fixed me up. So I I was in Minnesota that time, and then I was there just earlier this year in February. And it's always yeah I like that state a lot. You guys at Minnesota nice is uh, accurate. It's a thing. Yeah. Have you been here in the summer? Yeah. So the in 2018 when we did the road trip, I think it was oh. June or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah. yeah. It's very different. Yeah, it is. It's very it's, different from like the barren wasteland it becomes in winter. Yeah, yeah. But it's like crazy because you guys get so much snow in the winter. It's so cold. But then also in the summer, it gets crazy hot and like you have bugs and stuff like that. You get the worst of both worlds, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It's You, you get used to the extremes. Let's just see. <laughs> Uh, we're like we're like cockroaches up here. We can survive. <laughs> Sorry to all the people from the Midwest. I just roasted you, uh, including myself. 
Uh, <laughs> but it looks uh, was an ACT monologue. Yeah. Adam, Adam yeah. from he, see these guys. They know. Wh which Adam is this? Adam. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then I know. Yeah. 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 I, I love that guy. He's awesome. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, so let's see. It looks like we got some other questions for you guys here. Uh, but I do want to circle back to ask you some questions about RS Motors. They're cool dudes. Ronnie's a, a cool guy. Yeah. Um, Connor, shout out to Connor. Thanks for watching. I see your SRT4. I used to have one. But his question was, why did you buy the Rect Evo and not one that was clean? Because uh, the Rect Evo was $8,000. So, <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a 70,000 mile, like, really clean Evo 9 MR that was $8,000. Cause I, I think the junkyard had it listed as like a, a Lancer and oh, not really? as an Evo. Yeah. I'm not sure if they knew what it was hundred percent, but like, um, all it needed was, I mean, it, so the downside was it was a salvage title at the time and it had a bent frame. Um, and I had to replace, like it had broken wheels on the driver's side. It had broken, uh, hubs, like spindles, axles. So I had to replace all that stuff and then get it I had the frame straightened and I got the car retitled as a rebuilt title. Um, but you know, obviously kills my resale value. Um, yeah. but still, if you can get it for $8,000, like you could still sell, uh, at the time, you know, you could, you could resell a car like that with a rebuilt title for 15,000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I, at the time I wouldn't have been able to get into Evos at all if I hadn't gone with that one. So that was why. Yeah. I think, I mean like the cheapest, cause I mean, we we watched the different market all the time, and I think even recently, some of the cheapest ones I've I've found were in that were clean at least were like right around that twenty k range still with anything yeah. relatively lower mileage. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have a if you have a clean title like rel relatively low mileage, uh, Evo like eight or nine, they're seriously like right around like nineteen or twenty. So and they just sit there. Yeah, like, it's been like that same price for the last like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's better than some of the other markets. Like I'm looking at, I mean, if you, obviously if you want to mark four Supra, you're screwed. You better be like extremely wealthy. Um, yeah. Our FDR X sevens are just going up like it, every year. They're more expensive. So I saw a not clean rolling shell for eight grand the other day. For, of an FD. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it's it crazy. Have, it didn't have fenders. Like the paint wasn't clean. I'm sure it had some frame rust or something, but like yeah. it's in Minnesota. And yeah. And, Oh, eight grand for the rolling shell. Too rich and then all, all those pieces that you need to, to buy to reassemble the car are all stupid expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I would have definitely gone the same route as you. Um, in the future, that might be the route I go. So <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, I definitely want to get into a nine. Dude, um, they're good. Eights and nines are both fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean ten, tens are great. The, an Evo 8 was like the first like fast car I ever like rode in as a oh, kid. Oh, nice, nice. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was bone stock, but like in my head, like I was maybe 13 and it was so fast to me. Like it, <laughs> it like, I mean, obviously hooked me for life. I mean, here I am, but like that's yeah. what inspired this, my lifestyle. So, well, um, those cars, those cars feel fast because they have such a tiny motor and they have like a relatively large turbo stock. So you have like nothing and then it's like boost, right? So there's this huge boost wave. Right. Yeah. yeah. And especially if like your only comparison to like vehicles that are like fast, sure. 
maybe like a Saab or something. Like my, my grandma used to have a Saab 9.3 on coilovers for some reason. There you go. There you go. She would, she, I mean, she'd send it. But that was like the only like next fastest car I've ever been in. So yeah. Me, I mean, that is impressed. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think Calvin here was commenting back when we were talking about cruise control. He said, who needs cruise control when you have boost? <laughs> I see where your point is, but I also see the cruise control being a thing. Yeah. So like when we were driving through Texas on that first road trip, Texas has like some of the highest speed limits in the country. I think it's like they have 80 mile an hour zones, which like in Virginia, if you go 85, it's a reckless driving. Right. So um, in Texas, like there's nothing to hit. The roads are super wide. And like yeah. we were driving it on roads where the, the speed limit is 80 miles an hour. So we're trying to do 90 or something like that. Right. So, but the gearbox and the Evo, the gear ratios are so short that by the time in sixth at 80, at 90 miles an hour with boost, it's like, if I, if you have that much throttle modulation, it's like boost just starts pulling you and then you're like off boost and stuff. So like my, I think I got 15 miles to the gallon on the highway going 90. Um, yeah, so I could have really used cruise control there, so I didn't just have to like hold right. my foot extremely still. But yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. That's uh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> Connor, your SR, he said he understands that. He understands why you bought the the not clean Evo. His SRT4 is a rebuilt title, but at 69k roughly as of today, um, solid. I bought a rebuilt title SRT4 once as well. Nice. And, Within two months of owning it, I blew up the turbo and put a little bigger one on. So that was cool. But cores uh, are definitely fun. They make a lot of cool noises, and I'm a fan. Another question we had was, uh, and, I, and John, I just realized I skipped you, and same with you, Bernardo. So we, don't worry, we'll come back. Would you have gotten an Evo 10 instead of an Evo 9 if price was not a factor? Mm. It's a 4B11T versus 4G63 conversation at this point. Yeah, I, I think that I, at the time, especially, I liked the 8s and 9s a lot more than the 10s. And I kind of thought that the 10s weren't very good. But I think that over time, as I've kind of like gotten more into driving and like like I know kind of like more now, I feel like, and spending more time with like the guys at RS Motors and stuff who know everything about Evos, it's like I think I respect the, the 10 chassis more um, than I used to. 4B11T is a much more modern motor. Um, like very, still a very, very good motor. Um, and, uh, like the cars are more comfortable and like, as I get older, that stuff matters to me more. It'd be nice to have cruise control, It'd be nice to have just a newer car. Right. Uh, and they made them for seven years as opposed to Evo nines that they made for one year. So there's a lot of pluses about, um, Evo tens and even the SST ones, the ones with the, the dual clutch transmissions. I rode in one of those, the, it's awesome. Like that car would be so fast on track with like, without having any like shift delay or anything like that looked into that but i'm sure the drag times are pretty decent yeah i mean like like drag racing or even on track like on a circuit track it's like right. you know you don't have to heel toe you don't do any of this stuff you just focus on driving and it shifts like crazy fast so i would i would i want to get into one of those uh pretty <clears throat> soon just to play with it maybe we'll have to make something happen uh, <laughs> so let's see yeah i mean so I guess outside of that, RS Motors, uh, Ronnie, he's uh, local to us, obviously. I don't, and I'm not like crystal clear on like the story of it all, but I think that he and I think the other guy's name is Andy, I want to say. 
Andy Smedegard, yeah. Uh, he Andy Smedegard is in Wisconsin. He doesn't work with Ronnie. Paul works with Ronnie, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe, I, and again, I'm not 100% positive, but I think that those guys actually met at PG. I think so. Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I believe, the story. I want to say I recall that being the story that they met each other at PG, and that's kind of like where the brainchild for the I don't know if it, that's like where the business began or what, but it's like, I think that's maybe where things started. I mean, I, I think that Ronnie had RS Motors because they, Andy has his own business called ASM down in Wisconsin, but they work together all the time. And I know that Andy um, got an Evo and he had an, he has an Evo nine, I think an RS. Um, okay. And, and Andy started tuning it for him. Um, and uh, like, cause Andy's, did I say the Andy's like a crazy good driver and Ronnie's a crazy good tuner and, and modifier. So uh, it, it's kind of like the perfect combination of like, you know, two, two people who are really good at what they do um, yeah. working together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's obviously always a, a, a recipe, you know, for success, right? When you find two people who love what they do and also happen to be good at it. Yeah. Um, like very good know, at it kind of like your guys' situation with gears and gasoline, like it just works out. Like it's a recipe sure. for success. I wish um, I was half as good as driving as Andy is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, like that's, I think that's something that you can, you can't, you can't study your way into being a good driver. The only way to get good at driving is to go drive. They're right. You know? Yeah. My dad, my dad has this really, I think it's a cliche saying that's like from something, but he, wanted to be a, a writer at one point. And he used to always say that like writers write. Yeah. Uh, drivers drive. Two yeah. Two and roofers roof. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Very true. Connor's got some more questions. Connor, if you're not already subscribed to Gears and Gasoline, you should be. Uh, why did you not do more than do more to the Evo motor with out of the car uh, and the cylinder head off? Is there any reason? Uh, yeah, I mean, so we originally went to, uh, to RS Motors, literally the plan was two days. Like we, we were going to, cause we weren't going to do that much to the car. And I talk about all this stuff in the build series, but like we were going to, and I guess it sounds like he's watched it. Um, we were going to, you know, yeah, we were going to take the heads off, um, just to get them resurfaced and do a head gasket and like head studs. Um, but like that was it, right? We were going to maybe do cams and valve springs, but also Ronnie was telling me that it probably wasn't going to be necessary with staying stock turbo and like the boost I was going to run and stuff. Then we found out, oh shoot, the, the frame is way more bent than I thought. Yeah. Um, and we can fix it. So that's when we dropped the whole engine out and it was like, okay, we're in a rush to try and get all this stuff done. I did go to MAP and I got, uh, cams and valve springs. Um, so we put those in the head, but, uh, I, like, I don't, the car, I, I, for what we're doing with it, I don't need it to be like sleeved or like high compression pistons or anything like that. Like it's, it's, or low compression pistons. It's going to be just like, it's never going to be a, a, a horsepower queen. Cause I like to track it. So I don't feel like it's necessary for me to have like a super built engine. Like that, the head is pretty built at this point, but I don't, I'm not. You know, at most I'll do like a like an MHI turbo, like an 18k or something like yeah. that, just for like more power and more spool, but still not like it's not gonna be over 500 horsepower or anything like that. Sure. So yeah, I don't. And also, like you know, we were trying to get it done in two days. It wound up being three yeah. days, but there was there was no time. Like we didn't have the parts. Um, right. So yeah, it, it 
it, that wasn't in the cards. We just did what we could. Like I would have loved to have planned to have the engine out and then like taking care of any rust in the engine bay and like, uh, or at least cleaned it, stuff like that. But you know, I didn't even know that was going to happen before we went. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's obviously only so much you can do in limited time. Um, yeah. And, and, and things come up. I mean, again, it was kind of like you mentioned, seemed like a really spur of the moment thing that just kind of came up and it was like, all right, like, let's go. If we've got time, yeah. we, can, we can wait another day, but that's about it. Yeah. And, uh, Ronnie was just like, Hey, we're like, let's pull the engine and, and pull the frame. And I was like, I trust you because I like, if I tried pulling the engine is a day for me, like pulling the frame is impossible for me. And then putting the engine back in would be a day for me. Like if you can do all this stuff as quick as you think you can, then let's do it. And he could. So, yeah. 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 I mean, for some people it's like, like a couple hours, they can have it out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where, That's him. Right. Like you, if I'm pulling the motor, it's taking all day. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. We got another one. Hey, Ben, what camera are you guys using? Probably not for the live that he's talking about, but uh, what's your favorite <laughs> for videos? Uh, let's see. What? Hold on one sec. Yeah. And I think that this will depend a lot. Obviously, he can't hear me, but I think this will depend a lot on what he's shooting for. So um, it'll be interesting to hear what his just go-to cameras, lens, and whatnot's going to be. Yeah, so this is so Ben and I both have our own gear, but this is what I use predominantly. So the body is a uh, this is a Panasonic uh, GH5. Um, yeah. It's a couple couple years old. I think it came out in like 2016 or 2017. Um, still super solid. Does 4K at 60 frames per second. Um, nice nice uh, camera. It's got uh, yeah. I mean I don't know. I probably don't need to go that in depth. Um, and then. The lens that I use predominantly, uh, this is a Sigma Art 18 to 35. Um, really nice lens uh, as far as being affordable, but also having really nice image quality. And then, so we basically use a lot of Panasonic stuff. Uh, ben also has uh, a much newer Panasonic called the Panasonic S1. Um, okay. So that's that's another nice DSLR sized uh, camera, but that one's full frame. And then there's there's a bunch of other gear that we want to get like new cameras like s1h's and stuff like that but we will see <laughs> yeah no i i uh i like to shoot with sony i've got a yeah a72 uh but i use that for a lot of photography stuff um do you, you say so you you the thing cut out did you say a7s or a72 r2 baller yep. that's baller yep, yep. It's pretty sweet. Um, it's obviously way older now. They're at like the R4, so. At what, like um, like 45 megapixels still or something like that? Like something ridiculous? It's insane for photo. Like yeah. it's great. The only gripes about it are video quality. Um, mm -hmm. Like it can't go above 30 frames per second in 4K. But as you know, I mean, a lot of content that's produced for YouTube, people don't even end up watching in 4K. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know. It's not the end of the world. Plus, I've got I got this Hero Eight not long ago to kind of fill in the blanks where that camera sucks, and so that's kind of worked for me for now. Nice. Um, I'm I'm so scared to get GoPros because every time I get them, I well we get GoPros for us to mount them on cars, and I have the yep. worst luck with either like the car that I mounted them on crashes or goes off track, and the camera gets destroyed. It's happened to me so many times. So I just bought used ones now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I think Walmart had like this one on some crazy sale, and so oh, there you go, for like two seventy five or something like oh, that. Oh shoot, yeah, that's super cheap. 
free bird, but like I had a coupon or something that would take another couple bucks off. And so it was like nice. around three Nice. Um, but it looks like you know the guy who's got Angel's car apparently uh, at the car. It was about a month ago, and car is at Yale's Auto. Yates Auto? Yates Auto? Yeah, that's what it says. I just yeah. read it. Cool. Yeah, Yates. Yates. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think, Andrew Yates. Is it Andrew Yates? Yeah, he's, so he's. Uh, yeah, Andrews. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up in, like, Maryland, like, southern Maryland, which is about four hours north of me. Um, okay. So, uh, he's right next to uh, Turbo XS, where uh, I used to get my car, where I got my Evo first tuned. My buddy Jermaine runs that shop. Super great guy. Um, so yeah, did a video on them too. There's, there's a whole, yeah, I mean, he knows. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's obviously cool to kind of connect all the dots here. Yeah. It's uh, a car community is a small world. Surprisingly, like yeah. very small world. Yeah. Are you guys, you guys plan, like, did you mention you guys were planning a trip to Nova Scotia? So we did a trip to Nova Scotia last year. We went up <laughs> That was with the Civic and the Miata. We went up there with, uh, to Nova Scotia from Florida. That was a super fun one. Yeah. And I think I recently saw some, I think it was maybe on your guys' Instagram, that you guys had a uh, car for sale on Bring a Trailer, right? Yeah. So uh, currently, right now, y'all, everybody watching, if you want like the yeah. nicest Forester in North America, probably, uh, <laughs> go, and, go and check out uh, Ben's Bring a Trailer uh, post. He's got a... Uh, 2004 Forster XT, so it used to be automatic, and now it's uh, six-speed swapped. It's got a 2015 STI steering rack in it. Uh, it's like super, super built, um, uh, fully like built motor and stuff. Uh, just so nice. Like he got a bunch of body panels repainted recently, like detailed. It's amazing. So yeah, yeah. go go spend like twenty thousand dollars on a Subaru Forester. Go. Honestly, though, the Forester with the STI engine is like, like I wish that would have came like that. Yeah, it did. Uh, in, it did in Japan. You could get a Forester STI, but yeah. Yeah, I wish we got that. I guess I should have yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like for me, like I'm I'm married with a two year old, and it's like that would be like the epitome of my daily drive. Right. Like, yeah. That would be the end all, be all daily. Maybe I maybe I need to go buy that car. <laughs> Okay, get, that, get that BMW out of here. You need a Subaru. Yeah. Right. Jeez. What am I thinking? Um, but no, it's uh, that's so cool. So I, I guess I've never I've never tr attempted to sell a car on bring a trailer. Is it just something you can just go and post? It's like way more like I had never tried it either. I still haven't. But Ben was telling me about the process. It's it's really interesting. It's a lot more involved than any other way of selling a car. Right. So. The name is kind of misleading because bring a trailer makes it feel makes it sound like the car is not running or something. But like you can sell whatever on there. But it, I think they have a certain level of quality that it has to hit. So you send your car in and they evaluate um, like how good your car is um, like and if it's worth it or not. And then you tell them like everything about the car and then they write the post for you. They write the for sale post. So it's not like you they that that's their thing where they try and make it like more impartial so that buyers can trust what the ad says more than just like me not mentioning the things that are wrong or, you know, making the car sound better than it is if I'm writing the post. Um, so pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. So, so they, you just tell them some information and then they go and write 
like a decent, I mean, I guess I haven't gone and read the for sale post from you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it, they're pretty well-written posts. Like I, they use, they use writers from, uh, from a bunch of different, like, uh, Jalopnik, I think, and like car okay. publications and stuff. So like they're writers. Um, so, you know, it's better than a lot of like garbage Craigslist or Facebook ads that you read <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, but you, there's some back and forth, like they send you the post, like, Hey, does this all look good? Did I get everything right? And then you can say like, uh, oh, the motor's actually like fully built. It's not rebuilt or something like that. Like if there's some confusion there, but yeah. yeah. Cool. And so I guess it sounds like a lot of the people watching are relatively familiar with your Evo build and like that project, but I don't know that we've gotten into detail onto what all you have done to it. Um, since you got it, we obviously now know that it was, uh, a rebuilt title and things like that. But I mean, what else has happened exactly? Yeah, sure. So I got it back in like late 2014. Up on the screen here while you tell the story. What's that? So I'm going to put a picture of it up here on oh, the okay. screen. Watching can see it. But if you guys are listening, uh, here's like a, a, a Easter egg. This is going to be a podcast later on for everybody who's wondering. But uh, if you can't see this image, uh, you can check it out. Uh, what's your what's your Instagram? It's Benji. Benji Bebop. So B E N J I B E B O P. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's also like right outside, so I can just like show you from up here. Yeah. So I got it in 2014. Uh, it took me forever to do anything to it. Got it tuned a couple years ago. It was great. But then I decided I wanted more power this year. So I talked to you guys about it. Um, yeah. Had a whole whole parts list. I talked to Ronnie at RS Motors about it in Minnesota. So it was like, these are the parts I'm going to need. I'm aiming for, I was trying to get about, like, I wanted optimistically to hit 400 horsepower, right? Yeah. So, um, but I had to stay stock turbo. So I got, from you guys, I picked up, uh, I picked up a FP manifold. I picked up a XZ twin disc clutch um, to replace the, like, the stock clutch that I had. I got uh, FIC 1050 uh, injectors because we were going to tune it on E85. And then I wound up getting cams from you guys as well. I got GSC S2 cams. So this was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, and I got Beehive valve springs because I decided, you know, we have everything apart right now. I'm going to do a stock turbo for now, but like next year, I'll probably want to do, you know, an 18K MHI or something like that. So we might as well build the head now so that all I have to do is just change the turbo and get it retuned and, you know, we'll be good to go. Did suspension stuff, bunch of white line stuff is on the car. I have Fortune Auto uh, 510 coilovers with Swiss springs. I've got a, I just put on a, in the build series, I put on a Tomei Xpreme titanium exhaust, which is honestly probably the mod that I enjoy the most, uh, like day to day, just because you can hear it all the time. And it makes the yeah. car, you know, it just gives the car a ton of presence. It sounds amazing now. Uh, what else? It's got RPF ones. Those are so nice. What's that? I do like the coilovers, those five tens. They ride super nice. Yeah, dude. Fortune Auto. I think you guys actually sell Fortune Autos, but they are like extremely high quality. And one of the one of my favorite things about them is that they're here in Virginia. They're like two hours away from me in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and oh, I've got a bunch of, I've got a bunch of friends that work there. So I've got them on the Evo I've, and I've got five tens on my 350 Z as well. Yeah. They're fantastic. Cause, and the five tens are, they've got like super adjustable dampening. Um, you can change the spring rates on them and like, you don't have to like, you don't have to get the dampening changed or anything like that. Like they have a large degree of variability and I drive yeah. it on the street all the time, but they're track coilovers. So like it, it the, the coilovers are road and track kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. So we dynoed it. It made 
365 wheel horsepower and 365 wheel torque on Ronnie's Mustang dyno. So I guess dyno, you know, like Mustang dynos compared to like a dyno jet or something like that. There's like maybe 10% variability. They read like 10% lower. So like add 35 horsepower to that. It's about 400. So pretty happy with, uh, with the numbers it pulls like i mean i don't care about numbers necessarily i just care about is the car fast uh i've had it at vir one time i had it there um earlier this year and it absolutely rips vir is our local racetrack um yeah but yeah all the parts you guys by us brainerd international raceways also vir oh bir i have a vir uh yeah yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like stupid fast. I used to be in like second gear for some corners because I would need that the, to have the revs higher. But now yeah. the turbo spools like 600 RPM sooner. There's so much more low end torque, like torque comes on so much earlier. Um, so I can literally have it a gear higher than I used to in some corners and stuff. Um, it scares me. Yeah, it's like crazy fast. So like I, I want downforce now, right? But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once it gets to a point where, you know, again, like you feel like the power is where it needs to be, it gets fun to kind of mess with some of that other stuff that people just, I don't personally hear people talk about as much. It's like everybody's always so focused on power, Yeah. at least in the realm I'm a part of. Um, it's like everybody's always so focused on power and the number and then they get there and then it's like, then what, you know? Yeah, How do you right, make exactly. Work? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because like I always used to think like, oh, you know, like, uh, horse you know cars need to have horsepower and then like you watch stuff like initial d or you know whatever or or you just go to an autocross or something like that and it's like hey you know it's not all about power you know uh an a86 with like 150 wheel horsepower or something can be really fast with the right driver with the right suspension and stuff like that and then you get into time attack and stuff like that and you start to realize okay both of them are important, right? Like if you have a great, if you have a great chassis, if you have sticky tires and all that stuff, but you have no power, you're still going to lose. Like you need a bunch of power. You need a a good chassis and you need a good driver mod. Like it's, you need as much as you can of everything. Couldn't have said it better myself. Everything (laughs) goes hand in hand. That's the thing is it's like people forget that. Yeah. Um, It's like a lot of, there's the, some people who just have, you know, really deep pockets where it's like, they think they can buy their way into being a great race car driver basically. And, yeah, you can do a degree, but eventually the driver mod runs out. You know, you yeah, gotta, you got to do that. You know, um, yeah. So are you guys now that your series is the Civic series done? I can't remember if I've seen the last video on that yet. Yeah, so the Civic series has one more video coming out, uh, which is coming out this weekend, and I've already yep. seen it. It is a banger. It's a really good one, okay. and the Evo's in that video too, so it's worth okay. watching. Um, and we kind of talk about why. It's not a comparison. It's okay. wrapping up. It's wrapping up the Civic mods, and then at the end of the video, the Evo's there, and we talk about why we built both cars the way that we did. So, like, why I didn't go big turbo, why I didn't go over 25 psi, and why, uh, like Ben didn't put a turbo on the Civic and stuff like that, because um, we were building it for. Similarly to what we've been getting now, are relative to like that. I mean, again, so if you guys didn't get the answer that you were looking for yet, definitely check the video out. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, Cause I think a lot of the people's questions are, are centered around, you know, why not this, why not that these sure. things, you know, maybe with a different, you know, build expectation in mind would be something someone would do, but with your guys end result, there's a difference there. So I'm personally, yeah. I don't know some of the answers to these and I'm also trying to find out. Saturday. Uh, what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So wait till Saturday. 
check out Gears and Gasoline. We'll share it. Uh, so if you're not following them yet, you'll see us share it. So uh, we'll share it for sure just so you guys can check it out here. But, uh, yeah, it looks like Mark, he said he's interested to see the new lap times that you can lay down with the added power and VIR. So. Uh yeah, tell I, I'm pretty sure that's that's one of my good buddies. So uh, I will uh, I'm gonna do faster than a 209 because that's what you did last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I guess that's yeah. I don't want to I don't want to dive into any. I, I don't know what your time is like right now. I don't want to take up too much more. Um, oh, you're good. We've got some other questions in here, um, such as why did you guys choose autocross time attack and not time attack and not drag. Uh, I'm like, I think that Ben and I have always been more into like, uh, kind of like cornering and stuff like that over like drag racing. I don't think that's ever really been like a big, uh, interest of ours. Um, I don't want to say that it's like less involved, right? Because like, there's obviously as many factors as you want involved in drag racing. As soon as you start to burrow into the minutia of yeah. going as fast as you can and moving that like, you know, number of seconds down, it's just as involved as, uh, you know, circuit racing or whatever. Um, right. But I don't know. Like we have Japanese cars and I want to say, you know, like blanket statement, Japanese cars usually are more geared towards circuit racing than they are towards drag racing to begin with. Um, you know, it's not like you get like a huge V8 or something like that. It's, you know, the cars are kind of built more low horsepower and better handling. Um, so that's kind of, the you know, just what our cars are good at to begin with. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's just kind of like what interests us. Um, so that's, that's why well, I've been drag racing a couple of times, just like super casually. Um, and it's super fun. Like I'm awful at it. I'm so bad at it, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, and it's, again, it's, it's, I think a lot of the times people gravitate towards something that like early on in their interests with the car industry, it's yeah. like they gravitate towards something. Yeah. Um, and some people just gravitate towards drag, some people towards drift, some towards, you know, you know, time attack, anything really. Um, and some yeah. people are just really show cars, you know, like some people aren't really into like driving them fast necessarily. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of uh, like, not to talk about anybody's cars specifically, but like you see a lot of like Volkswagens and Jettas where it's like, they're not fast at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they just look cool. And there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a Jetta for a while too, and it was just slammed. And that was the only thing cool about it was that it was slammed. And I'd yeah. break the frame on every possible thing I could. But I, I was going to say, cool. you don't, you see a lot more, I feel like, you know, kind of like Japanese cars or American cars, um, like Corvettes or Miatas or stuff like that, than you do um, like German imports at the track. Like you don't see a lot of Audis or Volkswagens or stuff like that at the track because their engine placement isn't ideal for, um, you know, the, either their front wheel drive or front wheel drive biased or the engine fits, sits over the front transaxle um, or the parts are super expensive to replace, see like the wear yeah. items and stuff like that. So like there's just diff different reasons why you don't see that stuff. And obviously like, you know, as you move up the price bracket, you'll see more 911s and stuff like that. But that's, I don't have enough money to track a 911. I wish I did, but... You know. yeah, the 996s and 997s are like apparently at their lowest point their market value is ever expected to be. I mean, yeah. you can get a, you can get like a Carrera for like, for like eight grand. 
Yeah, I think you can get a GT3 for like 115 or something like that, which is apparently very low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for some people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or you um, could buy five Evos, but... <laughs> yeah, and just let them all <laughs> have yeah. problems with rotation, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last question I want to ask you, because you mentioned grid life. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever been to Proving Grounds? And two, would you ever go to proving grounds up here in no ab i refuse no yeah absolutely <laughs> no i've never been uh i've heard a lot about it but i i mean i'll go to any track event like if you guys are able to put it on this year i'll be there um like I, yeah i know i know i i just you know, obviously with all this stuff going on i don't know what events are happening and what events aren't but if it can if, if it can happen i'll for sure go i uh i'll i love tracking anything um, ben and I took, I had a, a Lancer, like a base model ES Lancer that we took to, um, TMP Toronto Motorsports Park, like last year, uh, makes like 80 wheel horsepower. And we put like hundred treadwear tires on it and just like three wheeled it around the track. Like I'll track anything. I don't care. Yeah. It's all fun. I've never been to Brainerd and I'd love to go. Um, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And this will, yeah, it'll be. It'll be pretty cool. I and again to everybody who's watching this and now probably wondering if P, Proving Grounds PG is still happening. To our knowledge, it is definitely still happening. Uh, we've been in communication with the owners of the raceway, and it is something that is still on the books, even with everything happening as of right now. It's still happening. So for everyone wondering, it's still on. We actually maybe I think it was maybe like a week and a half ago, maybe or so we just had the registration open up for drift events. It sold out in like 60 seconds. Uh, so unfortunately it's no longer still available, but that's how certain we are that it's happening that we opened up registration for racers. So if that's, that's any awesome. kind of, yeah, if that's any kind of, uh, you know, clue into what's happening um, for you and for everybody else who's watching, it's, we're pretty certain it's gonna go. And that's the first one, which is in roughly, I want to say five weeks. Um, okay. And then the other one's in probably, I think it's maybe only a couple months after that. So great. either way, maybe next year or whatever, we got to find a way to get you out there. Um, maybe I'll, maybe we'll, we'll find something. Real quick, I want to say I love your sleeve. I didn't really like notice it until now, but oh, yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, Japanese-inspired uh, tattoo all the way, all the way up. So sick. I love Japanese entire in, in, like inspired stuff. Like, uh, yeah, that's sick. That's rad. Yeah, I was always into Japanese cars, and then that turned into Japanese art, and now Japanese tattoos, apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently, I'm about it, too. Um, <laughs> but anyways, man, I, I wanted to say thank you again so much for carving some time out to join us here. It's always nice, you know, getting caught up with, you know, like, people that we get to work with when I, you know, again, you guys have communication with somebody here, but it may not always be me. Um, and so it's nice to kind of carve out some time where, you know, we can connect and just kind of talk like this. So um, again, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for the human interaction. I can use as much of it as I can get in the, in these times. <laughs> yeah, I think we all can, but um, anyways, guys, for everybody watching with us live, also thanks to you for jumping on. Um, without you guys jumping on, these uh, tend to be a little bit less Q&A-ish. So um, it's usually just us hanging out, apparently drinking some Mountain Dews. So 
Um, thank you, everybody who's here with us, joining in. Um, it's, again, nice to have you guys in the comments with us. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's a live, if it's a recording of the live, either on YouTube or on our podcast, um, thanks for tuning in and check us out on any other channel you have yet to do so on. And there you have it, guys. Hopefully you learned something that you can either take with you into the garage or bring with you to the track. Tune in next week for another episode. We'll see you then. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay.